This is the Horse Radio Network. This is episode 40 of Retired Racehorse Radio on the Horse Radio Network, brought to you by Kentucky Performance Products, Casual Products, and Bait Saddles. Retired Racehorse Radio is your guide to the adoption, care, and training of the retired racehorse, brought to you in cooperation with the Retired Racehorse Project and New Vocations Racehorse Adoption Program. On today's show, we learn about the exciting world of the roadster horse with Larry Jenkins. Amateur writer and self-proclaimed crazy horsewoman, Rebecca Sherum, shares her story about how a spontaneous adoption led to her very own black beauty. Get your pen and paper ready because Leandra has another training tip you won't want to miss. And of course, stay tuned for our new vocations, Adoptable Horse of the Week. And they're off on Retired Racehorse Radio, the podcast that is your guide to the adoption, care, and training of the retired racehorse. This is Jamie Jennings in Norman, Oklahoma. And this is Joy Hills from Kalamazoo, Michigan, and you're listening to Retired Racehorse Radio. I was really excited, Joy, to see who you have booked on the show. First of all, I know nothing about roadster horses. I mean, every week there's something new that I get to learn oh, when we're doing so this podcast. Much fun. I was so I, excited to get a roadster person. I've seen it a couple times and oh, I'm just excited to share it. So I, yeah, I have no idea what it is. And then you booked Rebecca Sherum, who, uh, oddly enough, I know and have worked with before. And you said self-proclaimed horse crazy. She's not so everybody proclaims that about her. She is an off the track <laughs> thoroughbred. Like, you know, they, they sniff her in the air and they end up at her house. So, uh, she has a whole pile of off the track thoroughbreds that she's rescued and from killing pens and adoption centers and everything. And, uh, she's a great, great chick. And she actually sent me a message and she's like, um, did you have anything to do with booking me on retired racehorse radio? And I was like, no. So joy, <laughs> you, you uh, th there was an article written about her and you booked her mm -hmm. and it turns out she and I are like great friends. Uh, small worlds. Just it is super a small random. world. Y'all just I was... know I had nothing to do mm -hmm. with it. Yep. I mean, I, when I was booking her, I was like, Oh, Rebecca, do you want to come on? You know, Jamie, how do you, well, everyone knows Jamie, right? No, uh, this couldn't <laughs> be anything crazy. And like, she lives at your house, basically. She does. I had no she, idea. She is my, also my farm sitter and has been for quite some time. So it's just really funny that it's small worlds and they finally collided. Mm -hmm. I've always been worried on horses in the morning that, they were going to book one of my ex-boyfriends to be a guest because I've dated a couple Ooh. people in the horse world and um, they all know, like, I, I will end it. But this one, I'll let happen because <laughs> she's lovely. Um, now, also, I noticed that you, I know, I'll let you know if that happens. I'll be like, no, you can't have him on. He's bad news. <laughs> um, now, you booked, uh, uh, sorry, also, um, you have been posting some videos of your mare doing some, some work on yeah. Ben or something. I saw that. Now, what are you doing with your mare? Yeah. So I've had Astrid for a couple of years now and we had some time off due to an injury when she like flipped herself over backwards and moving and a whole bunch of other stuff. So we started riding again. Everything was going pretty well until it started getting wet again. So we have a new indoor that's getting built. I was like, great, we'll go to the indoor. It's more like a covered arena. We still don't have the walls around it completely yet. But I'm like, we'll just go up there. My horse went from like, oh, I, I can be a dressage horse, supple, nice, sweet, to like full 
straight as a board. I can't handle this new surrounding. This dirt is too soft. And like, she just completely went to square one. So I was like, okay, cool, cool. So we are going back to groundwork just from the beginning. And it's been going really, really well. We're taking about 10 to 15 minutes a day of just learning how to use our body, just really soft and simple. I kind of use positive reinforcement with negative reinforcement, I guess, but it's just been a really nice progressive way to move forward with it. And we went from not being able to move at all to I think five minutes in just putting a fake leg pressure with my fist on her. You know, she's now crossing over again and just learning to round out her body. So yeah, it's, it's taking time, but she used to be like eyes wide, like a deer in there. And now she's you know, snorting, breathing, she's playing with the footing a little bit. So hopefully, you know, in a couple, couple weeks of just going back to square one, we'll be able to ride in there before winter gets here. And it's, I it's think that's going to be the lesson of the day is a listen to your horse. When we mm-hmm. talk to Leandra a little bit later, spoiler alert, she's going to say, basically, listen to your horse. So you're doing that. Good job. Yep. Yep. It's coming along, but there's a lot of good things in this episode. I'm so excited for it. But first let's hear a message from Kentucky Performance Products. She swallowed hard as they walked into the start box. She could feel his muscles tense under her leg. Five, four, three, two, one. Have a great ride. She didn't have to ask. He galloped out of the box and across the field toward their first training level course. His ears pricked. Her heart pounded. He attacked each obstacle with confidence, clearing them with room to spare. A huge smile broke out on her face as she crossed through the finish flags. She leaned forward and buried her face in his neck. Their bond of love and trust blocked out all else. This love story is brought to you by Elevate. Research proven to have superior bioavailability, Elevate supplies the essential vitamin E often missing from the equine diet. Its all-natural formula supports healthy muscle and nerve functions. The horse that matters to you matters to Kentucky Performance Products. Call 859-873-2974 or visit kppusa.com to order today. Well, I'm so thrilled about learning about Roadster Horses today with Larry Jenkins. He has been doing this for quite some time now, comes from a long family line of doing it. And it's one of the most exciting disciplines I have ever had the chance to see. So welcome to Retired Resource Radio, Larry. Well, thank you. I appreciate the opportunity to tell you a little bit about Roadster Horses. Of course. I'm so excited. The first time I saw Roadster Horses was in 2017 at the Saddlebred World Championships. And it made my heart pulse. It was so thrilling. For any of our listeners who've never heard of Roadster Horses, can you tell us a little bit about what the sport is? Sure. Roadster Horses are shown in three particular ways. Most of the classes are called Roadster to Bike classes. That means that they show pulling a two-wheel jog cart. They are also shown under saddle. And the third way, they call it, it's really a buggy, but they call it roadster to wagon classes. It's a four-wheel, kind of like an old doctor's buggy. And, of course, you need a little bit bigger horse pull a a wagon. But Mm -hmm. within those three types of classes, you have all different. You have open divisions, amateur, ladies' classes. There's even a youth class. And most of the road horses come off of the racetrack 
they're standard breads. And uh, of course, there's two types of standard breads, the, the trotters and the pacers. They're a little different as racehorses. They show at two different gates. Mm-hmm. And most of the roadster horses are trotters because we show in an oval ring. And uh, one of the challenges, they have to trot the turns. And pacer has a little... Now, there have been a few pacers that have made really good road horses, but some of them have a little trouble get negotiating the turns. Okay. And you've been doing this for a while. What do you look for in a standard bred for becoming a roadster horse for off the track coming on to the second career? Well, uh, if I were to go and I've done a lot of times with my father, we would go to the harness tracks and get there early in the morning while they're working out and sit there. And the first thing you look for is an attractive horse, you know, that's got good Mm -hmm. conformation, a smaller head, finer through the legs and body, Mm -hmm. uh, because this is a show horse and and they're going to be judged partially on their conformation. Uh, Another important feature, they need to have really good motion in front, you know, break above level. Of course, on the racetrack, that's probably counterproductive. Hmm. And the other thing that's important is their headset. You like a high-headed horse Mm -hmm. that has some arch to his neck because a straight-headed, straight-necked horse uh, is really going to probably not do well. Okay. Is that due to the confirmation standards or is that just getting around the turns and maneuvering? Well, the head carriage is, you know, we do show, as you mentioned, at horse shows with the American Saddlebreds, mm-hmm. which, you know, they have those long necks that are arched. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the judges, a lot of the judges that we show in front of, they're saddlebred trainers. So okay. if you come in with a road horse that's got an arched neck, he's going to tie you over a straight necked horse. You know, it needs to be an attractive image that you're presenting in the class. Fascinating. And what about colors? Do you, you know, certain breed shows, a color will stand out. You see it at quarter horses. You always have the buckskins who stand out. A palomino stands out. What about for you guys? Is there anything, a color that matters too much or is it all about performance? it's, It's the horse, number one. And does he have those qualities we just discussed? And the color is secondary. I will say this. You don't see many grays. Of course, there aren't, Mm. as a breed, standard breads, you don't see a lot of grays. So other than that, of course, most standard breads are are bay. So, uh, but there's nothing wrong with a black horse or a chestnut. So the color is uh, not as important, but I, I would say a gray horse, he'd really have to be good. Okay. That's interesting. Normally it's some like a flashier color and draws the attention, but that's interesting to say that the bays for once can really shine in a class. Well, I guess that bays because if you go to a racetrack, a standard bird track, most of them are going to be bay. That's very true. That's very true. So for you, when you're training these horses, what's it like transitioning them from off the track to coming as a roadster horse? Is there a long Downtime, we see that with thoroughbreds a lot, but what about for standard bread? Well, it depends on the individual. And and that's, to me, the most fun part 
is to go to the racetrack and find a prospect and bring him home. Mm-hmm. Of course, when we show in a ring, work him in the ring, I mean, before you show him, we've just kind of shrunk his world because he's used to being out on that mile track or half mile five eights that they are on on the racetrack. And we bring them into a smaller oval. And it takes them a while. Uh, they're not used to being, especially actually in the horse shows, we show in both directions. And of course, the class would would go, if you were to watch one, the horses would come in going clockwise. They would do the jog trot. Then the judge would call for them to do what's called a road gate, which is a little bit faster. And then they would reverse and they would go counterclockwise. Of course, that's the direction that they race in. They would do the jog. They would do the road gate. And then at the end of the class, they would call for them to go at speed. So you go as fast as you can, but you have to keep your horse in form. And you also have to keep him on the trot. You know, if a horse breaks stride, uh, the judge is going to mark you down for that. And when you go around the turns, I mentioned earlier the turns, the horse is supposed to be trotting in front and behind. If he's hitching and hopping and running behind, that's not good. So mm-hmm. I, I guess to answer your question, the the biggest challenge initially when you bring them home and put them in a ring, put them to work, is to get them up on that rail because they don't have a rail in harness racing. They've done away with a hub rail and for safety reasons. And you need to get them up on the rail closely. And when you go through the turns, he needs to have his head straight. If you're pulling him towards the rail, got his head turned, he's going to, that's going to throw him off balance. Gotcha. So, you know, I usually uh, go real slow, try to get them comfortable with getting up on the rail and trotting through the turns and work them a good while before I ask them to uh, show any speed in the ring because you don't want to, you want them to have confidence trotting through the turns. Mm-hmm. And if you rush them, then you get into problems. They'll be hitching and hopping and running behind and uh that's a hard thing. Once they start doing that, it's hard to overcome that. So you I'd just imagine. have to take your time. And some of them, uh, well, the horse I got now, I bought him in Ohio in uh, around the 1st of June. And I showed him uh, a few months later in November. And uh, he just fell right into place. But a lot of horses, you got to give them more time than that. You kind of know when you're working them at home whether they're ready to show or not. Gotcha. And for anyone who's seen a roadster horse class, the crowd gets really excited about it. Have you ever experienced having to adjust those horses to a loud crowd or has the track kind of helped prepare them for that? Well, that's a good point. If they've raced, uh, they're used to a lot of noise, but you're right. At the horse shows, the roadster classes are some of the most exciting classes at the horse show. Mm because you do have that speed and at the end of the class going the second way when they say go at speed if you pass another horse the judge is going to uh, mark you up for that or put you up the line because you've shown that you've got more speed than than that other horse 
But again, you have to st- stay informed. You've got to keep his, you can't let huh. him get nosed out. At all times, he needs to be kind of buckled up, you know, have his ne- his nose tucked in. Mm-hmm. So it's almost kind of like a small, classy mini race in a way. You're kind of paying homage to their career beforehand. Exactly. At the end, I- anyway, when they say go at speed, mm-hmm. in Canada, they say drive on. That they also have ho- uh, road horse classes in Canada. Fascinating. And Larry, I mean, I could talk to you about this all day because I think it's a fascinating course because you don't see this very often. It's not showcased as much as I would love to see it showcased. But I have to ask you a very, very important question. How much fun did you have designing your silks? How did you make those decisions? Well, that to me, that that's a that's a fun thing to do. My father started showing in uh, 1946, and he had maroon, white, and gold. And my older brother showed a lot, and uh, he had red and green. So mm-hmm. I kind of took a little uh, from both of them. I have red, gold, and green. Fun. I love it. Well, thank you so much, Larry, for joining us today. If people want to learn how to get involved in learning about roadster horses or maybe even try it out for themselves, where do you recommend they learn more? Well, they could go to the uh, website of the American Road Horse and Pony Association, and that is www.americanroadhorseponynoand.com. And uh, there's a website there. And uh, they can contact uh, one of the officers and find out, you know, uh, if there's somebody in in your area that trains road horses. There are a lot of great trainers out there. Might also add, we show under the rules of the United States Equestrian Federation, and if oh. you go into their rules, you'll see a roadster division set of rules. Perfect. Well, thank you so much, Larry. And we look forward to seeing your progress as you continue on in this really great, great course. Thank you again. You're welcome. Well, as we all know, it's fly time. And here in Oklahoma, Joy, added fun, it's mosquito time. So you can protect your equine friends with Cashel Company's full line of chemical-free fly protection. The Cashel Company's Crusader Fly Mask has a patented design for maximum comfort and protection from insects and blocks 70% of UV rays. Available in an array of sizes and styles, Cashel Company's Crusader line of fly protection is a chemical-free alternative to fly sprays that can contain chemicals. They're expensive. They don't last for long. The Crusader line by Cashel Company can protect your horse from head to hoof. Available in fly masks, fly sheets, and fly boots. Extend the life also of your horse's shoes and alleviate pressure from their leg soft tissues with Cashel Company's Crusader Leg Guard. The unique adjustable design helps reduce stomping caused by insect-induced stress and fits any horse in the barn. For more information on Cashel products, visit one of their nationwide authorized dealers or visit cashelcompany.com cashelcompany.com or stay connected by following them on facebook and instagram like i said earlier when when worlds collide it's it just it's a it's such a small horse world and joy found an article on the pollock report and it's called love at first photo Sherum takes a risk on an ottb and ends up with her black beauty and she says i booked rebecca sure i was like wait she's my friend you booked my friend to be on the show this is awesome so rebecca thank you for joining us 
Well, I appreciate the invite. This is pretty cool. This is quite possibly the most exciting thing I've ever done. <laughs> that is not true. That is not true. You farm sit for me. That's how Rebecca and I became friends. As she's, I was going out of town and I kind of went around and I started asking people, who do you use to, to farm sit for you? And everybody told me to call Rebecca. You're kind of known as the, uh, what did jo- Joy, what did you call it earlier? The equine au pair. You're my equine au pair. <laughs> That's a, I, do I get a name tag with that? I would really love a name tag with that. I'll get you that shirt for Christmas. Well, hey, this okay, article was Rebecca actually came out for a to to just bring her horse out to ride here on the property, and this is the mare that you brought. The article is talking about you and a mare named Crank It Up Peggy. Talk to us about Crank It Up Peggy. Well, there's not a whole lot of Crank It Up to her. <laughs> maybe her attitude, but. She is, I guess she's now about 18 and I literally fell in love with her in a photo. She was not my first kill lot pull. I actually had another horse at the time that I had rehabbed uh, successfully. And so when um, Lynn at Thoroughbred Athletes approached me with needing to find a home for one of the three pregnant mares that they had pulled, I just happened to fall in love with the black one. (laughs) So I think she reminded me of a gelding I had as a teenager that was my first thoroughbred and I didn't get to have him nearly long enough and so when I saw her they looked kind of similar and so I just fell in love with her instantly because Jamie you probably well know I'm pretty easy to like you know I see a horse and you know it's instant love. So. Yes. Yes. You, uh, you love all horses. That is for sure. Well, no, uh, the, the added challenge, Rebecca, is that not only are you adopting a skinny, like half dead thoroughbred, she's also pregnant. Yes. And although people like teased me that, you know, it could come out a mule. Um, I don't know that I really cared, but one of the other things that I really like doing when I pull horses from kill pins is I try to find out as much back information as I possibly can. Now, I mean, we know that a lot of people aren't willing to share that kind of information once they figure out that a horse that they owned recently has ended up in an at-risk situation. So I take it upon myself to be as diplomatic as possible and try to find their backstory because I believe every horse uh, deserves that. To, you know, they, every horse has a history and they, you know, it deserves to be told to people and to be known and to be, be honored. Yeah. What was her history? What'd you dig up? What did I dig up? Well, you know, she's older, so she had been, most recently, she had been placed at a nurse mare farm in uh, Oklahoma, and they had actually pulled her from another auction where she had been sent with the total of four mares because they were abandoned on a farm in Arkansas with the stallion that I did find out that all four mares were bred to. And they had gone through actually two auctions and ended up in Perkins through the nurse mare farm, deciding they wanted to brand them, but then not keep them. So they dropped them off at the Perkins lot, which is near Stillwater, Oklahoma. And I'm not sure where Lynn got the heads up that they were there, but I'm certainly glad she did because, well, the gray mare was adopted pretty immediately from another rescue <clears throat> that is in Oklahoma. Um, Cause the gray horses always get homes first. <laughs> yeah. But then the other, then the other three mares were left. But I actually did get in contact with her racing contact and they weren't like, they weren't real talkative because they deal with a lot of horses and it had been quite a few years since they had seen her, but she had been claimed and then sent to be a broodmare. So it had been probably, I mean, it had been eight or 10 years since she had probably even been ridden. 
So probably her knowledge, I mean, her knowledge base was she was racetrack broke and that was about it. So she went to be a broodmare and she had a couple babies, the history on them. I can't really, you know, I couldn't really find where they were located, but I think they were all ended up being part of a, being owned by a motor company in Texas. And I think like the motor company itself was being like the, the racing part of it was being run by the motor company's like side chick girlfriend. <laughs> so and everything ended up kind of being liquidated when that relationship came to a head. So, and the motor company in Texas, they weren't really willing to talk to me whatsoever because obviously that's bad blood. <laughs> so it sounds like there's a little bit of a gap in the history that, but, yeah. but you decided to take a chance and obviously she was skinny. Did she have, now I'm asking you questions that I kind of already know the answer to because we're friends and, uh, but did she have a sound, healthy baby? She sure did. After she ran away the day before she fold. And we didn't quite know like how far along she was. And I was poking and prodding her like long before she was even close to being ready, but put up with me. But actually the day before she fold, I knew she was getting close because she had bagged up and she had had, she had quite a bit of swelling, like in her back legs and belly, you know, like they normally do. And she was huge. I mean, even, you know, you think she's fat now, Jamie, she was. (laughs) (laughs) So she, uh, she took it upon herself, I guess, to get things moving. Um, and she had actually let herself out of the plate, out of her paddock where I was boarding her. And I actually, um, was working like about 35 minutes east of where she was. And I happened to get a call from the Kingfisher County Sheriff and asking me if I knew about this horse and that if she was mine and if she was loose, cause that's what he had heard from the neighbors. And so, of course, I panicked because it was rather hot that day. Uh, we had had some kind of cool weather, but it had gotten pretty warm that day. And I was, like, frantic because I had adopted her, and now I've lost her. And <laughs> yeah. she's, she's going to have this baby somewhere. And, like, in the, in, the, in the article, I had just recently bought a car and still paper tags and everything. And I ended up having to go drive all these back roads to go find her. And asking like all these people that I don't even know, like out in the middle of nowhere. Have you seen a horse? Black horse. Yeah. <laughs> I was one of those people you talk about. <laughs> so luckily, luckily there was some guys on an oil rig. They were like, oh yeah, we stuck her back there. And they, uh, they didn't even help me. They didn't even ask how I was planning on getting her back to where she belonged. They just watched me lead this mare away outside my brand new SUV on this gravel red dirt road. Oh my God. So, you home <laughs> from your brand new car. I, I did. I used my Ford Escape as a golf cart and I had a bucket of, <laughs> I had a bucket of grain just in case I needed it, but we lightly jogged the three miles home. Uh, God. and she was none worse for the wear. She just got a shower and I made sure she was didn't have any cuts, bruises, or bleeding. And yeah. And, and then, then the next morning, it. and the next yeah. morning you uh, walk out and there's a baby. Well, and I actually didn't live on the property at the time. So it was like a, I lived in more and it was in cash. And so it was like an hour drive to go feed them before I went on to work. And, you know, it's heading West. And so of course it was this you know picturesque Disney moment probably because the sun's rising and I'm like super blinded driving into the sun And I kind of like can see this extra, what I think is an extra figure, like on the, you know, standing up. And I'm like, oh no, are you serious? And of course, because I'm a big baby, I started like 
crying because I'm like, oh my God, there's a baby there. Because, you know, I had waited and waited and waited and never expected to actually happen. And yeah. then, I mean, she just did it completely unassisted. Everything went according to plan and she had it totally under control. And it was this big, red, like crooked, giant baby that I have no idea how she, how, I mean, how that, how it got out. I have no idea. The fact that, that she was, survived all of that is a testament to you and what you're willing to do for your horses. Now you currently have eight and how many of your eight horses that you own are thoroughbreds? Seven out of eight are thoroughbreds and joy. I'm not kidding you. She has saved the life of all seven mm-hmm. of these. I just actually had one of them. Uh, st- I just started one of them for her cameo and it, it was a fun experience to, to have a horse joy. The horse came to me, cameo came to me and she did everything. You know, she cross-tied, she, you could groom her, you could Aww. protect on her. Like she came so prepared and that's a testament of how hard you work with these guys. And, and, um, and then it, in true Rebecca fashion, cameo would not move like, no, I'm not going to trot. I would like to just stand still. She's lazy. She was is so cameo lazy. The one who actually made a cameo on your Facebook page page as the hippo in the pond yes that is that's rebecca's horse (laughs) she liked to just go out to the pond and lay in it like all day she didn't want to work (laughs) but anyway we got her horses living her best life yeah no kidding no (laughs) kidding that's cameo the hippo and that and that's rebecca's horse so now you're putting it all together you're welcome for that. Uh, <laughs> and I was I like, you never it. guessed though I was, that she's a kill. I was horse. really hoping, I don't know, we could be like Rebecca's moose. Yeah, it's a hippo. She's a big girl. She's a big girl. Well, (laughs) hey, um, congratulations on this article and getting a little bit of accolades for all the great work that you do with all of these. I didn't realize it was that big of a deal, but I guess it is that big of a deal. (laughs) Um, You got to come on Retired Resource Radio, so now you're famous. I told everybody at work I wasn't probably coming back because I was going to get famous. So Yeah. <laughs> you know what? This and a dollar will get you a cup of coffee at the gas station. So you're welcome. I, <laughs> I guess like I don't have to work on my TikTok regime or anything. <laughs> so that's good to, good to know. All right, Rebecca. Well, thank you so much for joining us. And, you know, you can find Rebecca on Facebook. And if you are in the Oklahoma area, she'll drive 150 miles to feed your horses for you. She just will. Trust me. Ask me how I know. (laughs) So (laughs) thanks, girl. We'll talk to you soon. Thanks. All right. Thank you, guys. Bye. Bates Saddles offer highly specialized saddles for every discipline, engineered to bring out the best in you and your horse. Underneath the finest European leather, you will feel the power of innovation. For you, the rider, enjoy instantaneous comfort, optimal balance, and seamless contact with your horse, leaving you free to concentrate on your aids. For your horse, the Care Cushion System and Easy Change Fit Solution ensure their absolute comfort and your peace of mind. Revolutionize your riding experience and fulfill your true potential by riding in a Bates Saddle. Visit BatesSaddles.com to find out more. That's BatesSaddles.com. And from the back of the pack on the outside, commanding curve is taken second, but California Chrome shines right in the Kentucky Derby! And now it's time for the New Vocations Winner's Circle Adoptable Horse of the Week. 
It wouldn't be a retired racehorse radio if we didn't have Leandra from New Vocations on. And as usual, I like to spring a training tip on her. And this is one that I'm actually kind of dealing with right now. I had I have an off-the-track mare that came to me for training. And she's super chill on the ground and really quiet. But the moment you throw that saddle on, she starts pooping. She starts getting nervous. Mm. And a couple, you know, I've ridden her probably three or four times just at the walk because the second Mm -hmm. you get on her, she raced less than a month ago. She thinks she has to race. And clearly it was not a super fun experience for her because she does get so much anxiety. What are some things that you would suggest for a horse that has recently come off the track that might have a lot of anxiety about having a new career? That is a great question. It's one that we not only deal with at new vocations all the time, but sometimes even residually when horses are in their new homes, people have questions about that same exact transition. And of course you have to treat every horse as an individual. And a lot of times time itself will fix it. So the more time you give them between their last race and when you're working with them, the better many times, but even then you can have a horse who still has that fixed mindset because they horses have a really great memory for movement. Like that part of their brain is just locks into that muscle memory associated with movement actions, which is why they're so great at learning and so teachable in many respects. But when they have a negative experience or one that causes them stress, they can really hold on to those feelings. So in reprogramming that, There is no way around just the sheer power of repetition and the positive experience. And you many times have to create more positive experiences than the negative and have to create a sort of impact. So the way that we do that, especially like you're saying, one who has like the nervous poops, they're ready to go, their instincts say, get me out of here. You're going to have to create the moment that can reprogram the pathways, literally neurologic pathways in their brain that associate being saddled up, being under saddle, that are now saying, okay, I'm being saddled up. I know this is leading to a stressful situation. We're going to work on building up the pathway that says, okay, I'm being saddled up. I'm having a positive experience. So in order to bridge that, in order to take those steps, you need to work through a little bit of a difficult part because they already have that program instinct. So you're just trying to get to that point where their brain says, huh, this is a little bit of a different experience and it's going to, it's going to be slow there. Usually it it can take some time. And again, every horse is an individual. Some are going to catch on to it more quickly, but the more you can figure out about that horse as an individual and learn what it enjoys, better off you're going to be. So for, for some, it might be, Tacking them up, rubbing them down, giving them treats, untacking. And doing that every day for a week, you can throw tack on and, you know, maybe you notice that they're not as stressed about it. And then you go for a walk. You let them, maybe you're just putting on the saddle, but then you let them graze. And then maybe you're putting on the tack and just walking around on the ground. And then you're going under saddle and you are just going for a hack or if you're not comfortable doing that then do what you're doing you go for a walk but make it a short one and make sure every time that they seem like they're 
relaxing even a little bit, you are showering them in praise because that's what's going to get the endorphins going. That's what's going to really strengthen that literal neurologic pathway. So you're having, you know, things firing off in their brain and it says, okay, this is happening. How do I feel about this? And you want it to be able to say, huh, well, you know, I've had these positive experiences. I think this might be okay. Because then the more you do that, it's going to have a, sm- a snowball effect where that pathway is only be- going to hopefully become stronger and more well-enforced. But learning about what the horse as an individual likes can really help. But those baby steps, I cannot emphasize enough how important they are in like what I was saying, just tack up, you know, you're going to see them have lots of signs of stress, then take the tack off, rub them down, give them a treat, say, oh, yeah, I survived that. That wasn't so bad. And then just build on that as best you can. And chances are you're going to have great results. It's just a matter of figuring out the little puzzle pieces and giving them the time to really build that new pathway. I love when I ask you a question about something that I'm having uh, issues with and you give me the exact answer of what I did today. I'm so excited. So today I tacked her up in the stall and she had the nervous poops like, oh God, oh God. So I untacked her and I threw some hay. And then I came back later and yeah. I tacked her up and I took her out in the round pen and I, I put her in the round pen and she just started walking around and pacing. And I just sat down in the middle yeah. of the round pen and just waited. Once she relaxed, I went over, I took her back in the barn. Then I brought her back out. Absolutely. I left the tack on that time. And then I got on her and took her for a walk and we're walking. And yeah. because it's a busier farm right now, another person came out with their horse. Oh my God. Mm-hmm. She was like, oh God, there's the second horse. I knew it was a race and got really nervous. So I got off and I just stood there with her, petting her, letting the horse trot circles around her and go around the arena. So good. So I'm on the right track. I just need to kind of keep going with that. I just figured making every ride, not a big deal. She would eventually start to realize she didn't have to do that anymore. Yeah. And it just, you, there's no way, unfortunately right now, maybe in the future, but there's no way to tap into their brain and find the root of it. So You're just going to cover your bases and do everything you can to build a new foundation because you're working on clearly what is sort of a rickety foundation anyway, and that you're going to do best in that situation if the horse trusts you as much as possible and you are as patient as possible. I think a lot of people make the mistake of saying, well, you know, this horse, you know, I I can't end on this note or they can't have this victory, but you're you're not going to have a victory with a horse who's going through what is, can be related to PTSD in their brain that we can't reason with them on that level. So you're going to have to show them that it's going to be okay. So if they trust you and you're building that literal foundation for a new neurologic pathway that says, you know, this cause can lead to a different effect. You're going to be set up really well for the future. It just might take some time. Oh, that's awesome. I'm so glad you said all the things that I was hoping you were going to say. It's funny. I, you know, um, people always say, Oh, I can't end on this note. I also would like to caution mm-hmm. people. Don't start a fight. You can't win. Because when they're checked out and like you said, they're having a post-traumatic stress event like, you need to just, you know, you don't push people away when they have those, you hug them, you know, you, you, Mm -hmm. you, you let them know you're there with them. And like I said, I I didn't want to hop off the horse. I wanted to, you know, but I was like, "Hmm, what would I want in this situation? And so it's great. Perfect. And then Um, you escalate quickly and you don't want to put yourself in harm's way. 
Again, um, don't start and, and to again, fight your kid with You can talk somebody through it, but in this situation, like there's a time and a place for everything, but you're absolutely right. Cool. Well, talk to us a little bit. Uh, thank you again for that. Um, talk to us a little bit about Urban Light. Oh, he is handsome. I know. Look how cute he is. He? Look at his butt. <laughs> he is such a compact little powerhouse of a dude. And when he came, we were all picking our jaws up off the ground because he has this lighter bay coloring, but you can see this sheen and this baffling. Like, here is a horse who really, really stands out. And I was forlock is to die for with him, you know, under saddle. He just shows so much talent. He can go in so many different directions. You know, he's figuring out a lot of different things as far as the transitional training. He's still pretty early in training with us, but he was one of those horses where we sat on and we said, wow, like this horse definitely has that X factor. He could go in a lot of different directions and he retired, uh, from racing just because he was no longer competitive and the people who owned him on the track didn't want to drop him down to lower level racing. So pretty ideal for us. And I think that he's just going to be a super competitor in the ring, or he could be just kind of a fun buddy because he has this really goofy personality. He's hard not to love. And he's going to, I think he'll just, he'll do so well with the right person. So, and watching his videos is, you know, I mean, geez, again, we'll, we'll revisit you telling us again, because we did it on one of the shows on how to get these horses to do these amazing flying lead changes. But I mean, he's got it down. (laughs) It really, really impressive video. And your riding is just amazing. Again, Leandra, thank you. It's urban light. You can find him at horseadoption.com. He's at the Kentucky facility and, um, his adoption fee is a whopping $2,500 for new adopters, $2,250. And that's only until September 30th. So he's on sale. It's like he's free, you guys. Oh my God. Go get him. (laughs) Urban Light, horseadoption.com. You can find our show notes and links to today's guest on the website at retiredracehorseradio.com. Like us on Facebook, just search for Retired Racehorse Radio, or you can follow us on Twitter at Horse Radio. Jamie has a Facebook page, Flyover Farm. Jamie Jennings, certified Monty Roberts instructor. Make sure to follow her on there for all kinds of training tips and to follow what she's doing. And shoot her an email at jamie at horseradionetwork.com if you're so inclined. My email is joy at horseradionetwork.com or find me on Instagram at joyhequestrian. Thanks so much to our sponsors, Kentucky Performance Products, Cashel Products, and Bait Saddles. And don't forget to check out all the other shows on the Horse Radio Network at horseradionetwork.com. Remember to set your goals high and love to learn from every ride. And spay, neuter, and geld. Bye, guys. Bye.